we have to do it consciously. We've got to recognise what are the patterns, how are we speaking to ourselves in our minds, what is our self-talk like, how are we relating to others, what is the content of our conversation with other people, and what is the content of our conversation when we're on our own behind closed doors. Is there a difference? And celebrating our successes along the way. We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. Welcome to Being at the Top. This is episode number two with Leila Khan, author, speaker, and self-mastery expert. We do a deep dive into mental health. At point of recording this, it was Mental Health Awareness Week, and there was a lot of talk about the mental health issues that various people are suffering. And when I say various people, young men predominantly, a huge, huge killer as mental health issues. And when we're talking about business person and the stresses that are often involved in business, mental health can become a real, real problem. A problem though that quite often is not something, you know, we talk about cash flow problems, sales problems, and often mental health of ourselves or our staff are neglected. And it's something that is, more important than anything else in business and in life is the mental health of ourselves and the people round about us. So we look in detail about one, how to deal with those mental health issues if we're involved in it. We also talk about staff, how do we help staff out of difficult situations and recognise them before it becomes a big problem. Building up the tools and resources around us that when we find ourselves in difficult positions, to make sure we can get ourselves out of them. And then finally, how do we build a really winning dynamic mentality that not only will keep us stable, that will keep us healthy, but help us prepare ourselves onto bigger and better things. This is Being at the Top. Today we have Leila Khan. Now I'll come to exactly who Leila Khan is in a moment, but I thought it was very fitting uh, this particular week at point of recording this it is Mental Health Awareness Week, a very, very important. I've got a little point here is that, um, so basically from the 14th to the 20th of May, the focus is on stress. Uh, research has shown that two thirds of us experience some form of mental health problem in our lifetime. And stress is a key factor. So the uh, Mental Health Foundation are pretty much saying that by tackling stress, we can go a long way to tackle mental health problems such as anxiety and depression and in some instances self-harming mm -hmm. and suicide. So some very, very important topics there. So today we have an amazing guest joining us, someone who really knows how the mind works, um, a very good friend of mine, Leila Khan. Welcome, <laughs> Thank welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. And we're in Edinburgh, sunny yeah, Edinburgh. Beautiful, it looks so beautiful today. Absolutely, and so therefore it, it naturally <laughs> makes everybody that bit happier, of yes. course. 
Yeah. Um, but I thought we like, what we could do today because in business we always hear things about how we're going to you know sharpen the mind. How do we you know a mm-hmm. positive mental act? It's always focused on how do we improve, mm-hmm. and and that's absolutely fine. We will do want to talk about that. Yeah. But I do also want to talk about because being in business a long time, as have you, there will be darker times. Yes. Where I think sometimes we almost just need to survive that part to get ourselves onto sort of a solid foundation. Yeah. Business, you know, whether it be you know having trouble with cash flow, or you've just not got enough money coming in that week when you're just on your own. Um, someone doesn't pay you. You've got an HR or staffing issue. I mean. I do not want to put people off going into business. I mean, mm-hmm. this whole podcast is about encouraging people, yeah. but it, it does happen. Yes. And so therefore, I really want to talk about and focus in on how do we just look after our, our mental health? How do we, um, when we have staff, how do we notice things? What are the telltale signs? And, you know, things of, of that side of yeah. it. So a really, really important topic. And as as I said earlier on, a topic which is very much in the media, um, and it's strange how it always takes these awareness weeks to actually draw this subject up. I know. I think the, the conversation is definitely becoming much more commonplace. We're opening up and talking more about challenges. We're talking more about what it means to have mental health problems. We're talking more about what it means to um, to try and understand better the challenges that people are facing. Um, with regards to mindset now when it comes to mental health i i personally see it as mindset mental health is mindset mental well-being is about mindset how do you use your mind how do you talk to yourself in your mind what is your self-talk like um you know and as business owners there are, it's like a whole set of new challenges because it's such a new world, especially for like new business owners, you know, just started or they've been in business for 12 or 18 months, you know, and um, they found, found it an incredible challenge. How do you deal with that? You know, how are you going to get yourself from A to B and keep your mind, you know, keep your mind? So... Because I know teaching was a big thing for you, wasn't teaching it? Teaching was a huge thing. Teaching is my love. Everything yeah. that I do now is teaching. Yeah. You know, I, I've gone full circle. And I've learned so much. Like, I knew when I was six or seven years old that I'm here to be a teacher. Wow. I knew what my purpose was. And when I heard French for the first time, I was like, oh, my God, I love this. I'm going to be a French teacher. And literally, that was the dream. That was the dream. Um, you were saying there earlier about talking, you know, talking to people and kind of, you know, talking about what's going on for you. So at 12 or 13 years old, the school had found out what happened and they um, had a counsellor come into school so that I could speak to somebody. And um, I'd see this person regularly and she really, really helped, really helped me to just voice what was going on to somebody impartial. And so when I moved into teaching and I saw, you know, I've worked with counsellors and coaches pretty much all my life um, and still now, I'm business coaches now um, and, you know, it's just like the best relationship. Um, but what happened was as a teacher, I would recognise in my students when they were starting to show me symptoms or behaviour patterns or language patterns that were 
like what I had been going through. And so in my classrooms and in my business as well, and I think just my energy now is I create a safe space and a safe space for the other person to talk, to release whatever's happening for them um, and to know that it's safe. Like it's okay for us to talk about the challenges. You know, I've been divorced, um, I've been homeless, I've had barely any money for food, literally no money for food where I've used my boints, uh, boints, Boots Advantage Points card to buy food. Yeah. And this is only in the past few years. This is as a business owner. Business owner. And um, you get resourceful. You get resourceful. So in business, what this has all been for me is, um, like I love that question that you've asked about the emotional roller coaster and then setting up in business. I, I worked up super quickly. So I've always been super driven and ambitious. And I've never seen myself as, because I'm a woman, I can't do that. I've always thought, because I'm a woman, I can do that. And if I'm the only one doing it, I'll do it. Or if I'm the first one to do it, I'm going to do it. Which is mental health in its own, isn't it? Yes. And a very good way, of course. Exactly. And that's a trailblazer. That, 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 that type of mindset is, yeah, is, is really where we talk about having that you know, sharpening that mind so that when a situation does come up you know it doesn't matter what comes up yep. whether I'm the first the last in the middle that who was in front of me yep. I can do it exactly yeah. it's having this conviction yeah. of the heart having this absolute conviction of the heart where you know what is right for you and this is this resilience has built up in me because of all these different things absolutely. that I went through and I've learned how to be resourceful that when I've known what I know there's no doubt and so as a business person really succeeding in business is about or even making that decision to go into business it's about having this core belief in yourself that you're going to make it work no matter what that no matter what challenges come in whether that's financial challenges marketing social media technology um, branding whatever aspect of business you're not aware of you don't know very well that there are ways that you can find a, an answer and a solution um with teaching so i had started i'd moved up quite quickly to assistant head teacher within three and a half years from just starting as a teacher and i'd got to the stage where i was burnt out I was working 70, 80 hours a week. I had Saturday, I'd give Saturday, give myself Saturday morning off to go swimming. I'd sit by the pool and be like, this can't be my life. Yeah. This cannot be my life because I've got to go back home. I'm going to have some lunch and I'm going to start planning again, planning lessons, marking, um, writing assessments, you know. And I, when, when you grow up with this sense of inadequacy, you'll always push yourself to do more and a lot of the time good enough is still not good enough so I had that for such a long time that mindset do you think you were now looking back just being terribly harsh and unkind yeah. to yourself that way exactly I was being really 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 harsh harsh and unkind to myself yeah I, I, I think and I certainly have been there before but there is a, a common misconception that when someone is kind of 
walking in on walking in on is about something that we always, for some reason, we always focus on the worst part mm. of it. Yet the likelihood is, is that that person either has no opinion about it or a very sort of normal opinion mm. about it. But we always assume they've got a very bad opinion about it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's quite common. I actually received a, a text message from someone um, just a couple of days ago. Um, I seen something online that they'd done. I sent them a, a text message. I know the person sent them a text message talking about um, how good I thought it was. And the response back was along the lines of, I'm so pleased to hear that because anytime I do that type of thing, I always think the very worst. Mm-hmm. Um and that was no different, that particular, the, what I was commenting on was no different, so it was really nice to hear that. And and he just automatically assumed that I suck at these type of things, mm-hmm. and, and that was just his view on it. So I think we always have that, or not always, but a lot of us, a lot of the time, have that kind of self-destruction that mm-hmm. we can tap, we somehow tap into. Yeah. And it's, I mean... So after teaching, obviously there was something inside of you felt I need more. Yes. Um, something yeah. that was, you know, <laughs> you couldn't settle down. And knowing a long time, a number of years now, there is that kind of energy that seems to be bubbling away, that it, there's always that, uh, you know, energy and excitement. And So was that the kind of thing that took you away, was it? Yeah, so there's, there's a fire in me. There's yeah, like yeah, a, it's a good Do you know way. what I mean? Yeah, like and I totally can get that. <laughs> Yeah. Like you totally got it. It's yeah. like, yeah, that's the word. That's, There's that's like it. this this fire, this burning flame in me. It's a really good thing. thing. Absolutely. It's like this fire in my spirit to 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 be everything that I'm here to be, to experience the fullness of life, to experience everything that life can offer and still be okay. That's the journey of being like a whole and complete human being whole healed and complete human being you know it's when we can take that inner energy and do something with it so when I was teaching I I had decided I I was actually going through something else which was just absolutely uh, basically could have sent me into a, a nervous breakdown and I for my own well-being I then had to walk away from teaching which is the hardest thing for me to do it still feels like a heartbreak for me to have said bye to my children you know and the incredible messages that they had left me and but I knew again for my mindset for my mental well-being I had to walk away so as much as my heart was in in everything that I was doing and the relationships that I was in I realized and I recognized this is the key thing it's recognition I recognized this situation is not working for me. There's something more for me. And to take care of my mental health, I walked away. And the reason why I did that is because I needed to spend time healing and really going deeper into all of these different experiences that I'd had, which were enough to break most people. And for some reason, somehow or another, I was still kind of holding on. And so I embarked on a, a long period of time before, you know, before I came to Glasgow, actually, um, where I had to clean up some stuff in my life and end pretty much all, if not most, of my relationships and decide to put myself first to follow my heart. 
and to start again with complete and total faith that everything was going to be okay because it was as if my soul was guiding me somewhere else and being where I was, being ambitious, being driven, knowing that there was more for me, like I was holding myself back. So it was that chat for the last few years maybe of my teaching career, like I'm still teaching, you know, I'll always be a teacher. Just not in the classroom sense. Exactly, exactly. Uh, For that chunk of time, I was really torn between heart versus head, you know, heart versus the ego and doing things practically, keeping a job, keeping a house, bringing in money, you know, I had the beautiful car, I had the beautiful home, I had, you know, I had everything, I had materially, I was provided for, you know, but emotionally and spiritually, I was exhausted. I was absolutely exhausted. So it's a time to walk away and just say, right, okay, I'm going to clean up my energy. I'm going to heal and take some time out and not get so caught up in the world of ambition and the world of being driven to get to the next goal and the next goal. Living the life, I was really living living the life, but it was that emotionally I was spent. And here's the thing, when you are spent emotionally, you are taking up mental energy. You're so focused on the mind, you're so focused on the thoughts because you're trying to find answers. You're trying to figure out a way. And the amazing thing that I've learned is that the answers are always there, but you have to be in a space of allowing those answers to come to you, which means that you've got to create that white space. I call it white space. So I give myself white spaces where I think a lot. I reflect a lot. I go for walks. I meditate. I um, spend a lot of time on my own, even in a relationship. I'm like, I want my own space. I want my own time. I just need to take some time out because when I don't, I'm not great for other people to be around. <laughs> I, I think that's actually a good thing as well. There's some things where we to, to think of the other people close to us that yeah. we have to think of ourselves and go, uh, you know, I'm either going to be a negative influence on them, so I'm going to take some time for my own well-being so yeah. that I can consider their well-being as well. Exactly, because yeah. the example that I grew up with was people not taking care of their well-being and projecting it and putting it all onto me. Yeah. And then I took that on and then literally took that on as responsibility and didn't know what to do with it and then that affected me to the point that it did so i flipped it around it's like okay i'm taking full and complete responsibility for my well-being for my mental well-being um so that i can be there for others so that the relationships i have with my clients with my family with my partner with everybody in my life with my friends you know with people that i don't even meet so that it's healthy it's wholesome it's it's authentic um, and authenticity is really where when it comes to mindset because we've used positive mindset and positive mental well-being quite a bit uh, in our earlier conversations um, I I don't promote positive mindset I promote authentic mindset and this has been a shift for me in the past few years because what I was doing for such a long time, even up to that point where I was teaching, just before, before I left my ex-husband and, and uh, divorced him, I was living in that mindset of positive thinking. 
be positive, everything's going to be fine, be positive, it's all going to be okay, think positive, you know, so you can attract more positivity. But inside, I was broken. Not that anyone's broken or needs fixing, but there was this, this you know, I, I was fractured. There were so many parts of me all over the place. So just having that positive, when you're talking positive, it's just not enough just to see, keep saying positive things, yeah, basically. it's not. It's, it's more, a part of it. Yeah, it's more of a hindrance. It's, it's yeah. more of a hindrance because here's what okay. it does. I was denying yeah. the pain and I was ignoring my own well-being. I was ignoring the cause for me to look after my mind, to take care of the conversation that I'm having in my mind, to be kinder to myself, to be kinder to the people around me. And it was such a fascinating shift where I decided, you know what, if, I'm going, if I've gone through this deep chronic depression for pretty much all of my life, up to that point, so up to about 33, 33 years old, I'm 37 now, up to that point, depression, stress, anxiety. I didn't want people to touch me. I, 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 you know, would walk through London, you know, on the way to school, and my body language would, you could say in some ways it looked closed, like I was protecting myself. Um, I didn't want to talk to people. I was anxious just talking to new people, going to new places. I was thinking of scenarios, this, that, and the other, um, you know, to make sure that I felt safe. But that's not the way to live because at the end of the day you don't know what's going to happen in the future it's about building up that trust now and so what i realized is that if i have if i've been through that much inner turmoil that much like deep depression where i don't even want to get out of bed i don't have the energy to even get out of bed to go for a walk like i i realized there's got to be some kind of wisdom there has to be something in this pain for me to, um, in order for me to move forward. And I've never spoken about this, so I actually so articulate it now. It just feels quite amazing. Like that was a brave decision. That was that took a lot of courage for me to even say in my mind to myself, "Okay, I'm going to look at this whole scenario with this relationship that was toxic, or I'm going to look at." what it means for me to be divorced and to now be completely single and have been disowned by my family as well. So it's literally, I was for the first time in my life, there was no one, no one that I could call next of kin. Yeah. And I remember being asked, who's your next of kin? I was like, I can't actually give you any. That feels really emotional. That, that, that is... That is a very difficult thing. And I mean, I think just on that point, it is so common. I think, first of all, it's so common to always think of these very, um, the bad times and the negative yeah. influences. And even when something arises now, we're, we're so, you know, for example, social media. I mean, particularly youngsters, but I dare say all of it's, a bad, a bad comment, you know, this whole trolling or um, something is made in a very negative sense, comment online, yet there might be a hundred or a thousand fantastic comments, but we always seem to focus in on the negative, yeah. um, whereby reflecting back, as you've just said there, and thinking about all the things you've achieved, we just don't do it. It doesn't seem to be, you know, we focus so hugely on these negatives. 
but we we need to sometimes be much kinder to ourselves yeah. and reflect on all the amazing things that we've done as yeah. well. So something that I've been doing much more consciously. So there's two words you, to shift mindset patterns or negative language. We have to do it consciously. We've got to recognise what are the patterns. How are we speaking to ourselves in our minds? What is our self-talk like? How are we relating to others? What is the content of our conversation with other people? And what is the content of our conversation when we're on our own behind closed doors? Is there a difference? And celebrating our successes along the way. So this is something that I do weekly in one of my Facebook groups um, and I have been doing it for a while for myself um, is to celebrate, to acknowledge exactly what I've achieved. And this is even the small things to the huge the things. Small things. Yeah. Getting up out of bed first thing in the morning. For somebody who's really depressed, who's going through a dark, huge, dark absolutely. time, just getting out of bed is a massive thing because it could be the hardest thing for them to even do. Making themselves a nice meal, actually making an effort with their food, you know, buying in um, a healthy food or whatever it is, something that they really like. Just going out the house, going for a nice walk. Going for a nice walk yeah. and, and looking at life with, you know, with positive eyes with a, a mindset that actually celebrates being here. Um, celebration is so, so important. And the more conversations that I have with women, with business owners, it's really fascinating me how many people are not celebrating and how many people are not willing to even look at that side of themselves, you know, to acknowledge that they've done really, really well. Because... When you don't, there's a ripple effect. This is one of my favorite words, is that ripple, two words, ripple effect of if you focus on the negative day in, day out, or hour after hour, or minute after minute, continuously, say over a monthly period, you're just going to see the world through those that lens. Whereas when you are celebrating and recognizing the small wins, the good things that have been happening, the good things that are working, you're building that ripple effect. Absolutely. So I suppose the question would be like, what snowball effect do you want to create? Yeah. What snowball are you creating? The, the kind of that ripple effect um, concept um, that you, you mentioned, I've never thought about it that way, but it is very true in the sense that whether it's good or whether it's bad, whether it's small or a huge uh, thing, you know, if you if you know if you have small wins every day over the course of a month or, a, or you know over a week even or over the course of the day, has the same effect as what we're probably doing, which is having the negative thing. Everything yes. we do, we don't do it right. We keep thinking on that, and you know, it amplifies that versus what we try should try and force ourselves to think about these celebrate yeah. as you say these small things, um, which will then no doubt turn into and it's just these steps. I, 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 I mean, I am not by any means an expert on mental health. Um, I've witnessed it from staffing. I've witnessed it myself, family. I think we all have. Um, but I certainly do feel that these, you know, small steps, like anything, a lot of small steps add up to a big step. Yeah. And doing all these little things, nice and simple things, can then hopefully get us on the better path to really conquering whatever it be and managing it thereafter. Mm -hmm. Now... 
part of the podcast really Leila, is um, to focus on the practical things that people can implement mm-hmm. now obviously you have um, uh, like, and correct me if I'm wrong Life is Today Academy yes. Uh, which again, even the name of it, it tells you about mindset, and you know, I get the impression when I listen to that is about, you know, make sure today you celebrate and live today. You know, for, let's forget for a second about the big, but today really make sure it's it's amazing. Um, and of course, your community is the Trailblazers. Is that correct? <laughs> now, um, tell me, particularly surrounding business owners or, or anybody, because at the end of the day, business owners are human beings, but. Yeah. What is the kind of common issues do you see in your line of work where mm. people are having difficulties and the reasons behind it? Yeah, so the difficulties that I find business people when they come to me is it's about stress, overwhelm. They're really, really overwhelmed by the kind of newness of everything, by the pressure of being on social media as a business owner. Um, what does it mean? What does it look like? How does it feel? They a lot of the conversations are I don't feel confident. I haven't got the equipment. You know how do I shoot a video? Like I've been asked so many times over the years. Like how do I shoot a video? A video you're always on social media. You know how do I do it? And I'm like you just get your camera out and, and you, you just, just do start. it. <laughs> yeah. You just start. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. Just talking to your camera. Don't make it such a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, social media, has, I have to say, that's a big, big thing. Yeah. The other one is um, selling. So there are mindsets around... For me, business is self-mastery. Yeah. Business is the journey of self-mastery. Now, as a self-mastery expert, that is what my lens is as well. It's like, how can we use whichever situation we're in to learn from the guarantee for me that I've witnessed through life is that there are always ups and downs so even in business there are ups and downs when you start a business you don't know who your clients are going to be you don't know where you're going to find your clients you're still getting your head around so much to do with being in business and that can be incredibly overwhelming when I first started my business um, I I wanted to go into business because I wanted more from myself I wanted to have more conversations, authentic conversations um, about life and relationships and not just teach French. And I also wanted to walk away from this perceived financial glass ceiling and I wanted to challenge all of that. So going into business for me was like a very conscious decision. How am I going to break through these perceived um, ceilings? And what do I do? What do I need to do in order to be in a situation or position where I'm um considered the authority in this area in mindset and and self mastery and so that's been a journey and the questions that I was asking so you have to in order to be able to teach people in order to be able to coach people you have to have gone there yourself you've got to know what you're talking about you know you've got to have walked that path and come out of it i think that's really really crucial to being authentic like there are so many life coaches out there that are not dealing with their stuff dealing with a lot of business owners Mm. as you do particularly in uh, some of the programs that you run I assume that you see lots of different people from lots of different cultures some make a lot of money some don't make really any money and you've seen difficulties across everybody yeah 
And the, the common denominator is mindset. Yeah. Literally, the only common denominator is mindset. What is your self-talk? Do you understand uh, the, the limited thinking and the limited mindset versus the empowering mindset versus you know, problems versus solutions? Um, finding, finding resources within yourself. So how, how would someone do it? So let's start with yeah. the someone's in a space where they are interested, you know, they're just, you know, like you say, being self-destructive in the way they talk to themselves. What are some of the nice, simple, practical things mm-hmm. in a snippet? What, what can they do? Yeah. So, okay, so three tips. If somebody is speaking to themselves in a very negative, unkind way, I would suggest meditation, stroke reflection, Mm -hmm. taking some time out, creating white space time where you're consciously wanting to observe how you're thinking, how you're communicating to yourself. And it takes... It takes time. I think people have this expectation that's going to happen. Everyone just like wants that. it now, don't they? Everybody wants it now, yeah. And it's you have to go through that process. So that would be the first thing. Um, the second thing would be to exercise to make sure you're doing something for your body to release that energy, because energy gets lodged in the body, and and energy wants to flow and move through. It improves that self-esteem, doesn't it? Makes you sleep better and. Exactly. It keeps you it keeps you healthy as well, you know. So you want to keep moving that moving that energy because that affects your self-talk. If you've got stagnant energy, if you if you're working in in your office or you're working from a shared office um, and you're facing challenges in the business like you haven't got the clients coming in or the cash flows dried up or um, you, you, your marketing maybe hasn't worked for a particular thing and all you're doing is you're try, you're sat at your computer all day long trying to find solutions but you're stressing yourself out your mind is overworking you've got to break that pattern and do something different and really actually something that's just popped into my mind is you've got to value your mental health yeah i think this is absolutely key you've got to value mental health your mental well-being that has to come first that prior that makes it a priority and when you value something and you know that that is absolutely that is absolutely key that you're taking care of your mindset and your mental well-being then you'll put these strategies into place to meditate to exercise to spend time with um friends or to spend time getting to know business owners who might be going through a similar challenge through networking or mentoring programs and so on. Or just speaking to people. With, just speak yeah. to people about it. Yeah. Speak to people. You do with men and yeah. women, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but is there a difference? Uh, do you find men go through this type of way where women tend to go that way? And is it the same solution to kind of overcome it? Because there'll be men mm. and women that listen to this and they might be thinking, yeah, that's great, whatever, but that, that woman had her thing and her agenda and you mm. know that was their way of dealing with it. You know... And it's very old-fashioned, but, you know, traditionally, you know, men have this, you know, this macho appearance that they feel the need to maintain. And I know some women also have that appearance, particularly if you're like a manager, 
So, you know, if, if, if you're in a manager or a leader of an organisation, you feel that you have to put that image of certainty all the time, every time. The leader, you know, bad things happen, but they just bounce off me. And to maintain that day in, day out for a long period of time must be very difficult. Mm. But men and women, do they deal with it? Do they go through the same things? And do they deal with it differently? Yeah, so, yes, they go through the same things. And... They deal with some things in a different way, but here's the thing, I I see everybody as human first, yeah. before I see them as a man or a woman. And what that means is that I see them as a, a mind, a body and a spirit, right? And we all, men and women and transgender, we all have mental capacity, emotional capacity, spiritual capacity, uh, psychological physical capacities within ourselves all of us no one's exempt from that but what i've learned from all of my life experience and the differences is that it's the language of how we have been conditioned to relate to ourselves and relate to others so it's common language women are more emotional it's common language men don't cry now I, has this come back to the more we've all got an element of masculinity and, and, and yeah, being more feminine yeah, yeah exactly so here's the thing we are made up of this the yin yang symbol is is a really really good symbol to help us to understand that we are all made up of masculine energy and feminine energy masculine energy is that driven go-getter ambition um, taking action being decisive right through this interview I think my masculine energy has really come through you know that that drive and that you know desire to 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 strive the feminine energy that we all have is that white space it's that reflection it's that surrender it's that trust it's the faith it's it's love and it's compassion um it's the softer you could say it's a softer energy that's what it feels like for me but what we're meant to do as a man and as a woman, and this is why there's no difference for me, is we are to learn how to go between the two energies during our day-to-day living. Yeah. So, for example, um, it's, been, it's interesting. So when you're asking me questions, you're in your masculine space and I'm in the feminine because I'm listening, so I'm being receptive. So you're giving me instruction and I'm, recept- I'm receiving the instruction. And then when I'm given an answer, way. it's then the other way around. So you're now in your feminine energy, whereas I'm in the masculine energy. And so this is why when two people are in their masculine energy, they're biting heads. Yeah. Because they're, they're, com- they're conversating, they're having conversation at, a, at a, the same energy, which creates that friction and when two people say for example in a relationship both of them aren't really like talking or there's not that you know like they're just really quiet or whatever it might be they're, they're, they're in that space of that feminine yeah. energy where there's just no you know that kind of opposite isn't there and we need that opposite you know to just kind of create that little bit of a a, 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 a spark I'm sure you know um, so the key thing with this is it has to be okay for men to relate to their emotions, to be able to express their emotions, to be to be okay with 
crying with feeling with feeling it, it has to be okay because the number of men who are attempting su who are committing suicide under the age of 45 is so high so scary yeah. it, it yeah. really is like that it's actually one of my drivers it's one of my core drivers to why I do the work that I do because I don't want to see that number increasing I want to see the number of men relating to their emotions I want to see that increasing I want to see a so generation. Do, do, do you think, um, as men, are these people that are showing these huge masculine type aspect of the the sort of uh, uh, personalities? Do you think simply it would it would help if they felt comfortable just crying, being yeah. more open emotionally, yeah. talking to someone? Traditionally, these things are for men, and I know it's a very old fashioned. I don't. I don't actually buy into this whole thing, but yeah. that is the traditional sort of modern day society. Men don't cry. Yeah. Suck up and be a man. Yeah, a man Do, up. And, exactly. And it's like, what does that even mean? Absolutely. Because yeah. that's conditioning. That's an idea. It's yeah. an illusion. And it, it actually suppresses behavior. Now, what this comes down to is permission. Is giving oneself permission to feel, to think to be how they feel free to be. And this is where authentic mindset comes in. Because if someone's father has passed away, if somebody has been really hurt, or if someone, if, if a man is going through a divorce and he's really, he's had so much love for his wife, but things haven't worked out, how is he dealing with that? You know, are the, does he know it's okay for him to go to those spaces where, where things are difficult? Um, and to know that it's safe to talk, or is he concerned he's going to be judged if he shows his emotions, or if he, you know, will he even talk to somebody? Because I, a lot of the men in my life, I mean, they'll talk to me, I'm really, you know, my, my guy friends, um, but I've seen patterns where they just don't, and they've said to me, I don't talk to anybody. I'm like, how do you deal with that? Now, there's, everyone deals with things in different ways. Everyone is trying their absolute best. But there is this thing of permission, of giving ourselves permission to do something different for our own mental well-being because there is an impact. There's a ripple effect. When you are keeping, and this is obviously from personal experience because it led me to the, you know, wanting to end my life, I kept my feelings in because I thought I'm not allowed to cry. I'm not allowed to show emotion. But showing that emotion was a way to release um, but keeping it all in was just not affecting me in a positive way at all so when it comes to other people when it comes to men when it comes to women we've got to be okay with this because at the end of the day we're on a human we're on a human journey essentially and that journey has you know in business it has so many different um, iterations and running a business when you're experiencing the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, but knowing that you're going to be okay and that you are okay every single step of the way, that's the crux of it. That's the magic. Because business, running business and running businesses is not an easy thing to do. There are so many challenges that come, you know, like we've mentioned before, cash flow or um, staffing issues or marketing and not getting the clients in. It all comes down to mindset. It all comes down with 
how are you coping or how are you dealing with asking for the sale asking for the premium pricing how are you um, putting yourself there out there in business how are you marketing yourself how are you branding yourself how are you um, you know like what's the impact of all of that yeah, it's constant isn't it it's, it's just it's, constant. It's constant even so on Wednesdays I take a day off because I because I love what I do and if I don't stop myself, I will just keep going and going. But this is the beauty of being your own business owner, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Exactly. You can. So, and, and on that point, because this is a point I really want to talk about, is uh, how is um, a manager or a business owner, how do you look out for your staff? Yeah. Um, but also, as you're going to tell us now, as a solopreneur, mm-hmm. on your own, some argue maybe even more difficult because it's you and you only, <laughs> um, but... How do you look after your... So how do you look after self by Wednesday's your, yeah, your day? Wednesday's is my day off. So I have built in strategies because my first priority when I set my business was I'm going to take care of my mind. I'm not going to stress myself out to be successful in business because I had stressed myself out to be successful as a teacher and it nearly took me. Yeah. And so I shifted that mindset. So um, I... I've learned. Initially, what I did, I didn't have a TV. I got rid of my TV and I was like, okay, this being a business owner is about learning. You've got to have that learner's mindset. So I spent the first year and a half just learning learning as much as I possibly could. I worked with a couple of clients. I found the clients or I attracted my clients through networking. And I was, every single day, I was learning about marketing and selling and creating packages and, and this, that and the other. So I was working behind the scenes to build that up. And um, I'd made a decision that I want to get to 12 months. Like, this is going to be really hard, but I'm going to get to 12 months. That's what I want to do. I want to network, I want to meet people, I want to get to know people um, and build the business that way. And then I started to realise, okay, I'm just working, 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 I'm not stopping myself, I'm not taking care of myself, I'm not sleeping very well. And it was going up and down. Um, you know, so I went back into teaching, did some supply teaching, which I love still doing now as well, um, to make sure that there was some cash flow. I'm also a, a risk taker and I love living life on the edge, you know, and so those times when it's been like, okay, where is the money coming from for me to pay for food somehow or another, something amazing has happened. And that has come from actually stepping back as well, meditating every single day, meditating first thing H- in the morning. For? So I actually teach a miracle, a gratitude and miracles meditation. Okay. So um, I teach this meditation. The one that I've got on my YouTube channel is about five minutes. I meditate for eleven minutes and eleven seconds. Um, kind of just started to do that in the past six months, but it's my non-negotiable. So what, what, for the people, what, what does meditation, and I'm sure it's got, it gives, maybe I'm going to steal your thunder here. No, it gives, <laughs> it gives different people different things, but just for the people that are going, mm. I feel a bit overwhelmed, and, and I know we're going to come back to your Wednesdays, um, but meditating, um, I know what it does for me, but does it give different people different things? Um, yeah, I suppose it would do, because at a different when you start, it's going to give you different things. So it depends how long you've been meditating for. Yeah. The point of meditation is not to stop thinking. <laughs> the point, my personal definition, 
from my experience the point of meditation is to connect with yourself like within like the the deeper part of yourself where the answers already are where the peace already is where the the joy already is where the trust and faith already is you can't get to those spaces by thinking yourself there yeah you have to relax your mind and your body and just allow yourself to chill yeah and it's a non-negotiable for me so what this means is that i i have a couple of things which are non-negotiable specifically to take care of myself so I meditate so I get that clarity so that I'm able to manifest actually I'm I manifest and visualize during my med- meditations so I've known when I'm going to meet a client the deeper I've gone into meditation um, I've had aha moments of what to do next in my business um, so I've asked myself a question before I've started to meditate and just taken that time to relax and said, you know, like, okay, um, what do I need to do next in my business with regards to marketing? Or, um, like, where can I find the ideal office from? Or um, do I need help with staffing? Or something like that. You just yeah, ask just, yourself a question. It just gives you that space up. to just think of yeah. things. That allows things to come to uh-huh. you there. Okay. And then you get into that space, you just, you know... Um, what you can do is, you know, you can sit down comfortably on your bed or on a chair and um, just take a deep breath in and out. And the one that I teach that came to me intuitively was to say thank you on every heartbeat. For some people, they prefer to do it on their breath. So I've actually got a, a group as well where I teach this meditation on Facebook. Um, and you go into that meditation on every heartbeat, you say thank you. What that does is you're connecting to your heart space using the most powerful emotional kind of vibration, which is gratitude. When you are thankful for what you have right now, you receive more of that in the future. So how I started was I would say thank you to myself. I would say thank you, Layla. Thank you, Layla. Thank you, Layla. Because the self-talk before then was, I'm not doing that right, that's not good enough, I've got to do better, I've got to do better. So when I say thank you, Layla, to myself, on every heartbeat, it actually, it relaxes me. Like even now I can just feel that, you know, that, okay, cool, everything's fine, you know. Um, And you do that, set a timer, do it for five minutes do it for 15 minutes I wouldn't say you need to do it for much longer than that yeah because uh, it's not about the timing it's about how deeply you allow yourself to connect yeah. with other parts of yourself um, and what is your other non-negotiables as you oh, were so the other non-negotiables so um, every day I ensure that I go for a walk so a daily nature fix and that is because when I was really depressed when I was deep deep into into depression and stressed and so so anxious I would stay indoors I would not leave the house I didn't care whether there was food in the cupboards um I wouldn't even draw the curtains and so what I realized and this was actually in conversation with one of my best friends who was really concerned about me um about five six years ago she was like okay I want you to text me if you have not been outside for two days 
so she to encourage me to go out now we never got to that point but she was she was concerned and I was like yeah I really like this so um I started to make sure that I go out every day for a 5, 10, 15 minute walk. Just get away. Just and get fresh out. air. And, yeah, yeah, just to get out, regardless of the weather. Yeah. So when it's been snowing, I mean, I love everything anyway. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, snow, yay, wellies, let's get them out. <laughs> um, you know, I was out. When it rains, it doesn't, the weather is not an excuse. I don't use the weather as an excuse to stop me from doing what I want to do. Yeah. Because my well-being comes first. Like I'm so, the number one thing is my mindset. Because if I don't take care of that, there's nothing else is working around me. Yeah. Literally nothing else is working around me. Um, so that's a really key one. And I would highly encourage everybody, encourage your listeners to make sure that you're aware of this. Now, I will say, even just, I think this must be about four weeks ago, I was working at home, working through my business. Um, um, and I had been at home all day. So it was a Monday. Come Tuesday, late afternoon, I was like, oh my God, I haven't been out for a day and a half. Yeah. I have not been out for a day and a half. It's just because you were just so focused on... I was so focused on yeah. stuff that I was creating in my business. And I realised, okay, I've got to, I've got to like break that pattern. I've got to go. And, and I still, I remember I still had loads of work to do, but I was like, no, I'm going, I'm going to yeah. go. Um... Because otherwise, that would have been two days indoors. And it's so easy. The ripple effect, the snowball effect is so, so easy to keep doing the same thing. And without realizing, you're doing the same thing that is not actually serving you positively. So, um, and the third non-negotiable is um, exercise. Yeah. So, I'm, I make sure that I'm moving this energy around and that I'm exercising. And that can be a form of meditation as well. So, meditation doesn't have to be a silent thing. Um, but, you know, going to the gym is great because I get to talk to people there. You know, if I really have just been, if I've not connected with my students, my trailblazers and my mentorship, um, you know, for a couple of days... And, you know, I could so easily not talk to somebody. So as a solopreneur, it is this thing of who are you connecting with? Yeah. Are you having conversations with people? Even if it's the person at the local supermarket who's yeah. serving you. You know, are you talking to people? Are you connecting with people? So going to the gym has so many benefits. Um, the physical result for me is the byproduct. Again, going to the gym is about mindset. It's about the mental game. It's about taking care of my mind. Yeah. Um, not getting caught up in stories. Not getting caught up in negative self-talk. Not getting caught up in, oh, that client's not paid. Now what am I going to do? You know, it's another way to be resourceful. It's another way to let the creative juices flow and to allow those solutions to come through. Great. And... Tell me, what does that Wednesday look like then? Oh, for okay, okay. So Wednesday. No, I have to say, everything is always a work in progress. It's a conscious effort. It's yeah. a conscious effort. Um, so Wednesdays for me is my day off. It's the day when I allow myself to be in my feminine energy. Uh, because most of the time I'm in my masculine space. I'm in that masculine energy. Um, so Wednesdays... I get up, have a bit of a lie-in, and I love to go to the gym and just like have no time limit on that and just go for as long as I want to. Um, so yesterday I was there for about, I think it was about an hour, but it was a, a, 
a really good workout, you know, yeah. where I really pushed myself and I saw met some new ladies at the gym. Um, and then going into town, coming into Edinburgh, whichever city I'm in, um, you know, actually going out, going going to the shops, going to the local parks, you know, just being out and breaking up the pattern and what I love about Wednesdays is it's, it's the day where I physically follow my heart. As in, there's no so you just go wherever you want, do what you want. Exactly. And I catch up with friends without that pressure of thinking, I've got to do that for work, I've got, got to you. do that for work. You know, so I had a really, really good uh, catch up with a friend yesterday. Went to this amazing place in Edinburgh, um, had some food. It was just so nice. And we went into a new part of Edinburgh that I haven't discovered. And I have to say, sometimes the business meetings will come in. And so I ended up having, a, this is why it's a work in progress, um, I ended up having a, a business uh, meeting with somebody that I want to work with um, for quite a while. But at least for that day, I'd given myself a break because I tend to work at the weekends. I do interviews with America, usually at the weekends. Um, and then I've got my clients as well in between. And, and as my platform is growing, there's so much... Um, and there are so many inquiries, you know, and I, again, those high standards of mine, it's like, oh, I need to, I need to get back to that person, get back to that person. But I've got to remember that there's this much that I can do yeah. to the best of my abilities. Obviously, know? if you don't look after yourself, you can't yeah. then go after, or you can't then sort of give the clients or those yeah. opportunities your absolute all. Does that have to be a full day? Can it be oh, a few yeah. hours? Yeah, yeah, really, really good point. So actually what has happened sometimes is I've done half day. Yeah. It's and that's totally cool. As and it can, you know, half day, a few hours. It's about what it what this is about is saying to yourself, I value my time, I value my own attention, I value my own affection. And what this is saying to yourself is that it has to be okay that you give and give and give to your clients and to your business, but you've got to be able to receive yourself as well. Yeah. And give yourself me time. Because if you don't do it, no one else is going to do it for you. Absolutely. You've got to fill up your own cup, you know, and, and no one can fill up your cup for you. Um, you know, some people might want to just say, like, a couple of hours first thing in the morning, every day, that's time for myself. That's, like, time out. Um, some people might want to take a whole day out or take an afternoon out. But make sure it's in the diary. Like even in my diary, yeah. it's my bag. I've Wednesdays, I've got a line through Nothing all of my Wednesdays. Yeah. It's like, this is what I've written. I've got an affirmation written there to remind me. I am worthy of my own time, attention and affection. Like I've written that in my diary. I, that as, I am worthy of my own time, yeah. attention and affection. And is that just your weekly reminder that this is your day to yes. be just you and okay then so it's in Wednesday slot there's a line through with that affirmation on as many Wednesdays as possible and it's a reminder when I'm about to put business appointment in it just makes you check yourself yeah yes. solopreneurs have to look after themselves yes. but what are some of the things that let's say a business owner who's got maybe or even just a manager mm -hmm. yeah what are some of the things they should look out for other staff for the really, people they really work good with. question. So I recently had uh, um, I delivered a workshop for Princess Trust, and there was um, somebody there who is the owner of an insurance company, and he wants me to come in to deliver a workshop for his employees um, because he's noticing 
that there is this sense of anxiety. Um, a couple of people, a couple of employees have mentioned that uh, things that they're going through hard times, bereavements and grief. Um, and so I'm going to be delivering this, this event for them. We're looking at what are the, the clues, what are the signals. And withdrawal is a key one. Here's the thing, when people go into work, if they're not inspired to really be at their workplace, then there may be an overlap of how they are showing up because it might just be a lack of motivation. You know, they don't really want to be at that, they don't really want to be at work. Um, being very inward focused, not really speaking to their colleagues, um, going to the the bathroom and crying. Yeah. That, that's another one as well. I don't know how common it is in men's bathrooms, women's bathrooms, there are... Well, I think that might be the problem. I don't believe it is that common, but I think that is exactly the problem. Sometimes you're just getting out because they feel, oh, I can't do that, I'll just bottle it up. Yes, um, that's another one, bottling yeah. it up. Yeah. Because when someone is, you can see it on their face, so can you notice, you know, for managers, are you noticing that your employees, are they, are they, are they jovial, are they smiling, or are they stressed, are their teeth, like, tense? Is is there is this tense? Um, is there a tense expression on their face? So that's actually it's a very subtle mm. clue, but it's crucial because that tells you a lot. Body language says so much. Are they getting involved? Um, you know, and what is the culture like in that in that particular business in that particular environment as well? Is it one which brings people together, or is it one which makes where people employees feel divided it's not something which you can just say just like that you know these are the yeah. and sometimes the these clues. things happen you know someone that is maybe never late or rarely late yeah. for work maybe starting to become late or yeah. you, you, these other things here I think certainly from my experience and from a managing perspective um, is being able to sit down with everybody in the organisation yeah. um, and having a relatively informal conversation, yeah. not necessarily discussing last week's results mm -hmm. or um, workload. Well, workload and um, not the sense that it's the main focus. What are you working on now? What are we going to do next? But you know, how is the workload? Mm -hmm. um, how are things at home? But I think you need to build that relationship with your staff. Uh, beforehand because I think there's going to be people out there listening that go I just don't know how to approach them and maybe sometimes that person is not the best person to sit down yeah that's um, exactly that was one of the conversations that we've had it's you know how do you does do your employees feel safe to speak with you do they feel that they have got a safe environment to express their emotions and speak about you know the challenges that they might be going through is there an impartial uh, person that they can communicate with. I know that a lot of organisations are starting to make sure that they've got um, mental health experts. Generally, it's counsellors, um, either based in in that um, building or someone who comes in occasionally to work with the teams um, out there. I've been, you know, putting myself out there as 
as a coach to say, look, I can come in and work with your organisation, even if it's over lunchtime and your staff needs someone to talk to because they're going through a divorce or they're needing to have an operation or they're going through ill health or they're about to lose their house or whatever it might be. Like behind closed doors, there are so many things that are happening for people behind that computer screen. I cannot even tell you the number of emails that I get, the, the circumstances that people are living through and no one knows or not very many people know. And they're, they're telling me. And it's like, okay, this space, my space is safe. Our organisations creating that opportunity as well. I think that's where you go back to is that have you created a company culture that you know people do feel safe to go and speak to you there? Um, and, and on that, yeah, I really think that is a, a big thing because I think if we can deal with it, as a lot of the people and listeners here will be business owners and out there in that professional environment. And for me, that is a way in which if we get it there, then hopefully, what you don't want to do if mm. home life is bad, you don't want to then make work life bad. And if we can at least fix the professional or work life uh, so that it is safe. Uh, and not overly pressurising uh, yeah. in the wrong way, uh, then that's certainly going a long way to actually addressing the issue. Yeah, yeah, I think so. The conversation is being had. That's the most important Absolutely. thing because growing up, that conversation wasn't being had overtly. You know, and we're talking about it. And the fact that it's Mental Health Awareness Week, it was absolutely fantastic. It's an awareness week because we're we're shedding a light on it. We're shining a light on an issue which is still considered um i i don't think it's a, a taboo or a stigma I, I just i believe that if something something's not been spoken about then it doesn't need that label or, at all because it's just not been spoken about um where you know things are really changing around mental health where it's becoming okay where it's actually where people are learning to give themselves permission you know to feel their emotions to talk about what's happening to actually ask for help and then accept the help and I emphasize that because that's one of my things for a long time is to even ask for help I was like no I'm not going to do that I'm going to deal with this myself and then the help would arrive and I was like no no it's okay I don't need your help and it's still a pattern that I'm breaking it's still a pattern that I'm breaking and I've done so well <laughs> I've done so well in the past four or five years um but it is it, it it goes back to this you know knowing that you're not alone and knowing that there are organizations out there that there are professionals out there who can support and from a business from an organization's point of view I do I it's it's a fact there are organizations need to do a lot better they need to make sure that they are learning for themselves what it means to take care of mindset. Because the CEOs that I work with, they're stressed, they're overwhelmed. Like they themselves at the top level are overwhelmed. They're stressed out, their relationships are breaking down, their health, their physical health and well-being is not as optimum as they know that it can be because they've prioritized so much of the, the business and the organization. But when you start taking care of yourself, I suppose in some ways when you start taking care of yourself at the top, that ripple effect then goes down. It goes kind of to all the to the employees as well through yeah. the organisation. Um, we're having the conversations. The strategies are out there. 
it's if somebody working in an organization is going through a really really hard time i would encourage them to take a sense of responsibility to find some solutions for themselves ask the organizations if they have any um, potential signposts um, if because a lot of people don't feel that they want to bring their personal life into their work life and so they want to deal with it themselves but their work their personal life is maybe so um, packed with challenges that even finding the time to do that can be really difficult um, but there is always a way there is always a way and that mental well-being each person's mental well-being each child's mental well-being has to come first I think even in the organisations that I'm involved in it's already making me think are we doing enough mm. and I think any sort of sort of senior management person out there needs to really really think even if they have some things in place is it enough is it accessible is it safe yeah. um, because that, as we are talking here that's exactly what's running through my mind are we doing enough yeah. um, company culture goes on um, it's so huge mm. and absolutely it's not just about how we perform and how we do personal development and what benefits and perks it's about some of the more fundamentals are we um, mentally um, healthy and are we yeah. ensuring that our staff are mentally healthy Wayla, it's been a pleasure. I think we could run and run and run and run. Um, We've gone deep. We have. And it has actually went to some places that I, I never thought we'd get to. But Wayla, for anybody out there that is um, looking for a bit more of your stuff, yes. um, tell me the, 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 the book, um, tell me the name of the book, um, and, and of course we'll talk about some of your other books, but this is your newest book. And where will they find you online? Because yes. you're, all, you're online <laughs> everywhere. So tell us, where will they find you? And what is the name of the book? Okay, so my book is called 101 Plus Ways to Overcome Life's Biggest Obstacles, which is a guide to handling any problem with these. It has a nickname, because that is the longest title in the world. <laughs> and the nickname is 101 Plus Ways. <laughs> 101 Plus Ways to Overcome Life's Biggest Obstacles. Yes. And of course, I'll, you know, the audience would have heard about your other books as well. Online, whereabouts are you? Yes, so I am all over the place. I would love to offer everybody who is listening a free downloadable version of Perfect. the book. So if you head on over to leilakhanauthor.com, and my first name is spelled L-E-I-L-A, and then Khan, K-H-A-N, author.com, and get yourself a free downloadable version of the book. I'm actually going to offer your listeners a free coaching session as well. Brilliant. Yeah? So tell me what that would entail. So they, they contact yeah. you, they heard you from this podcast. Yes. So all they've got to do, um, sign up on that page and yes. then send me a message to let me know that you were listening to uh, Scott's podcast and um, that you'd like your free coaching session. So it's a 60-minute coaching session via Skype, wherever you are in the world and whatever it is that you... So if you've got... If you know that you want to achieve something or there's a challenge that you're facing, you feel maybe blocked or stuck, you're not quite sure how to move forward or you don't know what direction to move in um, and you're going through some challenging times but you want to find solutions, join in that session. Come along and we'll, we'll take you through this breakthrough. You'll have your aha moments. 
Like it's really, really, really powerful. The feedback that I get is always is always amazing. Well, um, well, I can so actually yeah. testify to that. No, Mila, a number of years now, um, I would encourage everyone to take up that offer because certainly download the book, take up that offer because um, it will be uh, transformational. So it will be. Yeah. So uh, thank you once again. Thank it's been a pleasure. It's been amazing. It's been so so good. Good. We have we have definitely gone deep. Um, but I think it's really key that we, you know, that we have these conversations and remind people listening to us that they are not alone, that there is support out there. It literally takes the courage to just say, I'm going to ask for some help and I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I'm happy and successful and doing well in all areas of my life. So there we have it for another episode of Being at the Top. I thank you once again for taking the time to listen to this episode. It is, mental health is something that is hugely important. Please do not neglect it. Please pay attention to your own health, the staff, the people round about you. It really is a huge killer in today's society. And anything that you can do and I can do and we can do together to try and make it a thing of the past, we want to try and strive to do. So let's create better working environments for all. Thank you.